Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, to another episode of What's Going On Here. I have with me the Lord Chancellor himself, young Mr. Sean Quigley. Sean, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm uh, very good. Yeah. I, I feel a bit daunted. We, we've got a little bit more technological this episode. We, uh, you know, We're improving in, in, in little bits and pieces here and there. It's all, you know, more microphones, more things. More microphones, yeah, more pop filters. We're, we're trying to get a little more on the uh, up and up, yeah? Oh, yeah. One of these days we're going to set up a camera and film this and just put it on YouTube for like shits and giggles. Oh, God. That would, oh, Eno Drama Queen comes out. <laughs> I'll, I'll come in dressed like Carmen Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, so folks, if you haven't heard our show before, um, we have a fairly simple format. We watch a TV show or a movie that few of us or none of us have heard before. Uh, A lot of times it's a foreign language TV show or movie, and then we watch the middle 20 minutes of an episode or movie, Mm -hmm. and then we try to figure out what's going on here. At the same time, we review local eateries and local brew, if we can. Today's local eatery is Fink's Barbecue in Dumont, New Jersey. And we each had the Cajun fried pork loin with mashed potatoes and spicy southern greens. Yes. And our brew is uh, Summer Blonde Ale by River Horse Brewery from Lambertville, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Lambertville? Lambertville, yes. Oh, oh you didn't know that? Oh, it says Ewing. No, oh, it doesn't right. say Ewing on it. Ewing. But they, I know they have a bottling plant in Lambertville so I mean they might have started in in because uh, I went on a tasting tour then there a couple of years ago so they have a brewery there so anyway uh, shall we pour in for color and just open up and taste right in and get right into it oh that's a gorgeous sound all right I'll pour in for the so we can examine the color it is a summer blonde what's the ABV on this sucker uh it is 4.5%. Okay. All right. So basically a nice summer drink. Yeah. This is probably the, the lowest ABV we've probably had, I think. Actually. Probably. I mean, we might have done another one that's like 4.5, but... Maybe, yeah. So, okay. So it's it's a, a bit of a hazy blonde ale, hmm. but it's pretty. It's got a nice head on it. I say we taste and... Yeah, let's see. Okay. That. Yeah, that's actually that is what I was expecting the last time. That is, I remember the last time we had a Brooklyn summer the ale. summer ale. Yeah, summer ale. This is a summer ale. Summer blonde ale. Summer blonde. Yeah. Expecting to taste more like this. To me, this tastes like a an ale. Yes. It tastes like even though it's a summer ale and it's not high in alcohol, it's that it's got it has that, that rich flavor. It's a rich flavor to it. It's got yeah. a, a slight complexity to it. It's yes. A, yes. It's not just like a just a. Yeah, crisp, like plain. No, 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 like a lager or anything. Mm. No, it's, yes, it's, I mean, I'm probably using the wrong term and I'm sure beer people everywhere will cringe when I say it. It's got like a muddy flavor to it. Yeah. 
and or or, or rich or a richness to it, I guess. Mm. Almost like you know where the uh, uh, um, Brooklyn Summer Ale was kind of like chicken soup. This is more like chicken stew. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, the difference. It's a little yeah. bit thicker. It's a little bit more robust, I guess. Yeah, there's more going on. There just, uh, I'm, I feel more rewarded. My palate is more rewarded for it, having tried it. it. It, well, you know, good for your palate. I, hey, I think this is nice. I'm, I'll be more than happy to drink this. I know, I like it. And what's actually good about it is, to me, it's usually I have to have higher alcohol content in a beer to get something that tastes. As much like this, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually more accurate. So the fact that it's only four point five percent, yeah, is great because I'm gonna make a barbecue somewhere. I could put down a whole six pack of this and and not, not even worry right. about it. Yeah, yeah. No, this is nice. This is nice. And we and like we said, we had um, Fink's Barbecue from Dumont, New Jersey, and we had the Cajun Fried Pork Loin, mashed potatoes and spicy Southern greens. Mm. And it's basically deep fried pork loin, breaded and deep fried. With a little roumelade on it, I thought it was very nice. It was uh, very nice. The, the, the breading was nice and crispy. Yeah. Um, the pork wasn't too tough because that's that's what it is. If if you don't cook and you don't know, yep. if you go to deep fry pork, it can really quickly get like yep. leather. Mm-hmm. Like re- so, this was actually it could have been softer. Yeah. Like, you know, I always fall back on my mother's cooking. You know, it's like well, it's not as good as one of my mom's pork chops no. or pork loins. You know, but it's it was pretty good. The mashed potatoes were very nice, I thought, and I yeah. thought the um, spicy southern greens were fantastic. They were. That was my favorite part, actually. Yeah. Um, and I can tell because I don't usually like greens. I can tell that the greens on the maroon, if they were just you know just the greens, if they were there, I wouldn't have really liked them. Right. But with what they did to them, yeah, I yeah. really liked. Yeah, yeah. No, they're really they tasty. They're very tasty. You're, you're right because like a lot of times when you just do greens, unless you cover them in salt and butter, they're just kind of slimy and eh. Yeah. You know, and like I said, if it's just salty and buttery, it's just kind of like, eh. But what they really, this was, I would eat this as a dish. Yeah. Like just about, you know, it's just like, just give me a small piece of meat or something or just, or yeah. just the greens and potatoes. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. It was, I, yeah, it was very tasty. I liked it. And yeah. Yeah, the pork was good, but it, you know, it was, it's funny. It should have been the main event. It, for me, it wasn't. It, but, no, it, right. But that's the <clears> I mean, I, pork is probably my favorite meat. If you had to, if I was only one meat I could eat, it would be, you know, be pig because it's just so versatile. That's right. But I always go back to in England, like I used to play rugby, and we used to have uh, pig roasts, hog roasts. Oh, nice! Like once, twice a season. And nice. We used to have it at school. That's quite a big thing in England having hog roasts. Right, right, right. And I just think of that, and there's to me, there's nothing like that having a hog roast and just eating a pork and a sandwich, like. Oh, it's so tasty. It's so nice. Yeah, so anytime yeah, yeah. I have pork and it's not like that, especially yeah. if it's not due, it's kind of dry. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's yeah, a little, yeah. Could be so much better. Yeah. It's and 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 you know when you, when you listen to people go vegetarian, what? No, you. I don't want to eat animals. <gasps> no more pork. No, no more, more ham. Pork. No more bacon. Dad, those are all one animal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lisa, one magical animal. <laughs> the wisdom of the Simpsons prevails again. Yeah. So today's uh, today's not a show we're reviewing. Actually, today we found a French movie called Cruel. Mm. And in my ignorance, I went to look it up to see what it would be translated as in French, and it's Cruel with a K. Yes. So. That didn't really help me much. But anyway, 
So the, the movie is cruel, and it's supposed to be like a thriller. Mm. And we did our usual. We found the middle spot. We rewound 10 minutes and then watched 20 minutes. Yeah. Because that's the, 20, the middle 20 minutes. And it started off... What was the opening scene? Was it him at the in the hangar cleaning? I think it was him cleaning in the hangar. That wasn't the opening scene, was it? That that we opened on, wasn't it? And then they show him in the bookstore with the creepy old guy. Okay. Right. Yeah. I I I guess I I can't remember the first scene then. I, the the bookstore was the first thing I remember. So okay. there, there was something before the bookstore. I can't remember. I, I think yes. I think it was. They basically show him in a hangar because you see like the tail. There's high ceilings and lights and the tail of a smaller airplane, like a whatever, a Gulf Stream or whatever it is. And he's pushing a cart. Oh, okay. And then they show him in, well, he walks into a bookstore and there's an old guy there talking to a young lady. And the old guy is really creepy. Yep. And it made me feel bad because it wasn't makeup creepy. It was just, he was just really advanced in age. And like his eyes were like kind of buggy yeah. and like pale already, like with like cataracts and the wrinkle. And it was this was just the actor, and he just looked like if they tried to make him creepy, they kind of couldn't have made him creepy. Oh, he was supposed to be creepy. He was so creepy. He was talking at an angle, like he was on a slant. He he did like, do that Vincent like, Price Come a little bit. Children, like kind of like an angle. He, he kind of was, yes. And like he, so our protagonist walks in, hmm. who's. Let's call him French Adrian Brody, because yes. he's got a hell of a honker on him, right? Yeah. And he walks Adrienne in... Adrienne Brody. Adrian? No. A Adrienne. Adrienne. Oh, Adrienne. Adrienne. Oh, Adrienne. oh, oui, but of course. Adrienne Brody. Uh, oui, but of course. Uh, oui. Two ends underneath. Adrienne. 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 Uh, oui. yes. It is almost as if uh, Luc Besson was in the room with us all right oh, now. I wish Luc Besson had something... To do with the film. Well, actually, no. I'm about to be unfair and say I wish I had something to do with the film because I like the best song films. Right. However, actually, this is one of my favourite ones that we've had to do a podcast on just because there was a lot, you know, it was a very, its own thing. Yes. It was very different from everything else we've seen, which I appreciated. Yes. Because yes. so many of the things sometimes blur into kind of like insignificance sometimes, but this was very unmistakably yes. what it was. Yes, yes, I, I agree. It was... Um... <sighs> It was, well, it was French. I oh. mean, I, I have no other way oh, to, it was to describe it. It was very French. Now, I'll say this. Compared to some of the other TV shows, you see, the budget seemed nice. Mm -hmm. The cinematography was good. You know, like, like the shots were done well. It had interesting lighting and spots. I mean, it was good as in that you couldn't see the smoke coming from the cameraman's cigarette. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> see it coming that. in front of the shot. <laughs> Which, because you know he was smoking yeah, the entire time. The entire time. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's for the French. Of course they're smoking. Yep. What else is there to do? His beret didn't fall off his head onto the camera. <laughs> there, used to be, there used <laughs> to be a commercial for... I forget which one of the delivery services. FedEx, UPS, one of them. And it was, or maybe even DHL. And it was like, oh, who are you going to trust for your international deliveries? And they show, like, <laughs> a delivery guy in Paris, France. And he's got the Renault 4, you know, the station wagon -y old Renault yeah. that they used to have. And he's got, like, packages tied to the top <laughs> and some packages tied to the back. And he drives off and he turns a corner and a package goes flying down the cobble street. And then they show the guy sitting in a cafe and he's smoking and he's got a cup of coffee in front of him. Let the bourgeois pigs deliver their own 
back edges. <laughs> and this is a commercial. And it, was, it used to be one of my favorite commercials. So whenever somebody's like, are you going to bring that over? I let the bourgeois pigs deliver their own packages. That was always like my go-to answer like as a teenager. So, you know, I was like really annoying probably to pretty much everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, um, so, yeah. So our protagonist walks in, which we found out from the intro. His name is Pierre. 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 And um, creepy old man is talking to a lovely young woman. Mm-hmm. Well, not like a twenty-some-odd-year-old, but she's probably in her thirties, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mid thirties, maybe mid to late thirties. I'd say that. I'd mid, mid, early mid, to mid, I'd say. Early to mid. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, pretty young woman. Mm. And the old man obviously makes introductions. He knows our guy, and he knows her, and then he goes off. And he chats to her for a couple of minutes, but the entire time he's our protagonist, Adrian Brody, if mm. you will. Right, Adrian, we said? Yeah. Yeah, Adrian. So Adrian is like a deer in the headlights. Mm. Like, he's like, the introductions are being done, and he's standing there just staring, like... Pepe Le Pew. It's, it's like, like, like spooky. Like, okay. Like, right off the bat, like, you know, we were literally two minutes into this, like, 20-minute watch, and it was just like, okay, this guy is just, something's not right with him. Mm-hmm. And then it proceeds to, he, so he meets her, and then you see he's following her everywhere. Like, and creepily leering at her from, like, across the street. Like, she goes into a, a jewelry store, mm-hmm. and she's looking at something, and she tries something on, and then, like, the woman, I guess, tells her the price, and she's like, oh, no, 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 I cannot afford this. You may as well just put it back, because I cannot. And, you know, and he's, meanwhile, staring, like, like almost like half his brain has been, you know, like he had a stroke. Oh, yeah. He's just staring across the street. And then she's walking down the street, and he goes into the jewelry store, buys the thing, and like walks down and says, "Oh, hello! Fancy meeting you here on the street. Uh, look, I have a little bag with the jewels in them. Here, take them." And she takes them. Which, honestly, I I guess it's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. but I cannot picture a single woman that I would do that to, that wouldn't be worried that I was going to break into her house like later that night and try to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't like a bubblegum bracelet. Like it was no. like. Diamond studded thing from a jewelry store, and she just accepted it. Y- yeah, which was like, oh, this dude just dropped like I don't know five, ten thousand euros on this thing, and you just took it. I was like, huh, okay. He was curious. I guess I don't know. I mean, he obviously knew the book, the creepy man from the bookshop. Right. So maybe she's thinking like, oh, well, she vouched for him, so he must be okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, well, yeah. Well, well, you know what? That that actually brings up a good point. She's hanging out with a creepy old guy. What's a younger creepy guy? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's par for course. Yeah. She just, I mean, she's French. Yeah. She's surrounded by creepy guys everywhere she goes. <laughs> this is true. Good point, Mr. Quigley. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere you turn, the whole country's full of creepy guys. Cheesing surrender monkeys everywhere you look. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> so, then we go. Um, it goes from that scene where he buys, and she accepts the, the, the jewelry, to him in 
the hangar at work, I guess. Mm. And he's like he's an airplane mechanic. And then they show him, like, after he gives her the jewelry, they literally show him, like, polishing every corner of this airplane. Like, first the nose, then yeah. the windshield, then he's rubbing the engine. And I was just like, okay, so this is a metaphor for rubbing one out. He met a chick, and instead of just, like, beating it off at home, <laughs> he's rubbing it out on the plane. I mean, oh, yeah. that's... And you know what? It's French. That's that's my assumption right there. So uh-huh. that's what's happening there. Yeah. And then the next scene after that... They show him talking to an old guy. Like, the old guy's in bed and he's reading to him and talking to him. And smoking, of course, because who can read a book without smoking next to a bed? Mm -hmm. And obviously this old man is supposed to be his father. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, at the very least, an older uncle or somebody he takes care of. And the father looks like he had a stroke. And doesn't speak and kind of his lip hangs a little bit. And he's just constantly mumbling something. Yep. He's just he's going on there, pick the fuel, and other various French terms mm-hmm. like yeah. détente and uh, <laughs> latrine and uh, chocolate mousse and yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and um, and then after they show the old man, so now you're getting a little deeper into our protagonist's character, right? Then where did it go? The whole thing's looking very psycho at this point. Yes. Yeah, like... it's, yeah, the whole thing is... Cre- there's, there's really just an air of just like, someone's going to snap soon. Yeah. So he's chatting to the woman, I think, on the phone? Is that what happens? Yeah. Or, he has a series yes, of telephone him, things. That's right. She calls him up, and she's talking to him. And I know you said you took French, and you were trying to pick out a few words yeah. here and there. Yeah. Um, And... He, and he looks like super excited on the other line that she's uh-huh. talking to him and says something. And next thing you know, he shows up and you, sh- you see the, the, the voltage readouts of, of a recording session, like in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And you hear piano being played like badly, like in all these keys. And I was like, God, I hope that's not her piano playing because, I mean, I can do better than that. But And then you see him in the studio with the engineer in, in the, on the engineer side, not in the studio. Mm-hmm. And she starts playing the piano. Yeah. And she's recording it. So obviously she's a professional pianist. Yes. And he agreed to meet her there. And he's just, again, has that like... She's a struggling artist because she works in a bookshop. Yes, yes, yes. She works in a bookshop. So yeah, she is a struggling artist. But still, I mean, she's a piano player. And the way they were playing and she's so into it like it's that whole it's like it's very fitting that she's a pianist and he's Adrian Brody mm. oh wow I didn't even draw that he's a pianist yeah. you'd think the French person was like oh yes uh, hey. thinking about the pianist uh, the pianist uh, yes wait pianist or pianist which one are we doing <laughs> well it's French it's all the same Every single thing everything is about the penis everything yeah. did, you, did you see the Eiffel Tower I mean come on people uh, yeah so, um, yes, so he's watching her play, and he has this, like, sublime expression on his face, mm. almost like he's about to break down into tears, and then he looks to the left, behind the lady, on the pia- behind the piano, and there's a boy there, like, 10, 11, yeah. and at first, like, we were like, Whoa! Because it was very jarring. It was very jarring because there's a boy there sitting, kind of kicking his legs and smiling. And and my first thought was like, oh, she has a kid. 
Yeah. Oh, he's gonna murder that kid because <laughs> what the fuck? He's like he's yeah. definitely in the way of getting some if that kid is there. Mm. And then it like goes flashes back to a, it, obviously like an older movie mm. that's supposed to be I I was in seventies obviously not something in the eighties maybe. No, 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 no. Actually, they made a reference in the 1969s. 60s. 1969, yeah. They showed the same kid running on the beach. And then it was like, oh, this is him. He's seeing himself. So for whatever reason, this piano music is bringing him back to childhood. Yeah. He wasn't actually in the studio. I mean, he wasn't a session child. No, 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 no. Like no. a session guitarist. He wasn't just one of those. Yeah, there was a part that, oh, he's just a session Kid. kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the French people they know that uh, to get your, your motivation, uh, 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 bring in a, a child. If you have a young boy beside the older garçon, woman, garçon, garçon, uh, uh, there is a attractive older lady there. Stand here and develop your manhood, if you will, because it is almost time for and, you. And he had a black and white stripes top on as well. I remember. Is that indicative of something? No, that's the French thing. Black and white striped top, the berry, the cigarette. That's like <laughs> oh, 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 French oh. mime artist. Oh, I was going to say it was a kid of mine because he didn't say anything. <laughs> so maybe, yeah. <laughs> so um, from there, it goes... Where did it go then? I think they were walking... Oh, no, no, that's right. From there it goes to... He's stalking her, and he finds... No, I, I should rewind. Before they go to the studio, he keeps stalking her after he gives the jewelry. Yeah. And then they show her at a funeral. Mm. And he's at the funeral, like, I don't know, some 200 feet away, like, staring at her at the funeral. And the, one of the guys at the funeral is like, who the fuck is that guy, you know? And she turns around and gives him this, like, oh, it is you. <laughs> and then it cuts to them... Sitting on some grave somewhere, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And then um, she... It was a problematic. I hope that was a prop grave. It's this French director that just <laughs> have sitting on someone's no, I don't think grave. That looked like a legit graveyard. That was not a prop grave. Just like... Oh, <laughs> no respect. Just, yeah, sitting no. on some grave. <laughs> so, um... So then... <laughs> that's right. So then she asks for... His number, and he looks for a pen, and he has no paper. And she, either she writes her number on his hand, or he wrote his number on her hand. I forget. I think he wrote his number on her hand. Yes. Yes. And then she called him and invited him to the recording session. And when he got there, she gives him a big grin and shows him the necklace on her neck. Yeah. Which is, and this is the funny part. So she's in a recording studio doing a recording session. And she's dressed like she's performing at the Lincoln Center. Uh-huh. Right? So she, she was like in a full like show yeah. dress with this flashy piece of jewelry. Yes. Like in a recording session. It's like, why aren't you in your pajamas? Who, there's not a single camera anywhere in sight besides Jacques the uh, smoking DP. You know? I, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that. I know. So I, it was too... Yeah, it was weird. Like, it was, she was like, it was a performance. The way she was like... She was playing with her eyes closed, that whole sort of introspective 
what wanky kind of like oh i'm playing without looking at the keys yeah, because I, I feel feeling the music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah okay that's fine in your bullshit like concert performance which yeah. already i hate but like in a studio look at the keys because <laughs> if you screw up you can have to do another take, another take right <laughs> and already i don't see any microphones in that piano so i don't know how they were recording it just like ambient recording yeah. whenever in any tv or film or music video actually that's the worst there's never an accurate representation of a recording Session. session. Unless so it's fake. a recording session. Yeah. When it, you know, like We Are the World, when they did that and they're showing everybody in the studio. No, but that's the point. Yeah, that, but that, again, that's fake because it's like you don't have everyone standing next to each other, uh, like, and separate mics singing. It's like, that's not how it works. You're going to pick up everybody's <laughs> ambient noise. No, individually, one by one, you all go into the studio, have <laughs> cans on, and you record your little bit, and that's how you record. We'd, but no one knows this because they see music videos of people and they've seen like, whole bands in recording studios all playing at the same time around like a, a microphone or something like no that's not how you mix a, how, so how can you mix a record that way how can you make the guitar louder and this like, if everyone's playing at the same time this well, isn't how you record well technically you can do that with a band because the guitar and the bass will be plugged into an amp and the signal will go to the mixing board and not be in the room right because it doesn't have its own acoustic source if they're electric Mm -hmm. the bass and the guitar drums your shit out of luck yeah and usually in a recording session the drummer is a, in, is in his own little recording cubby yeah. that's like blocked off from everybody else yeah so you could technically do the, the the guitar the bass and then if there's just one guy singing you could all do it in one right or am i getting that wrong because i mean that hence the whole like i've got a I guess you could do it. 64 track studio. I've never had... I've been in bands and recording studios and there's never been like... Everyone has gone in... It starts off with the drums first. Uh, The drum will go in, listen to whatever in his ears and he will record the drums. Right. And then bass go in on his own and record the bass to the drum track that's been recorded in his ears. And then the guitarist will go in and play guitar over the bass and drums. Right. And then the singer will come in last and he'll listen to the whole thing in his ears and, and he'll sing. sing along to it. And it's all done separately so that everything can be you perfectly know, adjusted. Mixed. Yeah. If you have more than one person in that room, like I, I just feel like it's gonna mess with the it's just too it's just it's just extra work that you don't need to like it's just an extra element to have to worry about going right. wrong or something happening. Yes. Whereas if it's just it one by one, yes, yes. it's not the most efficient way to record something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Point taken and you're absolutely right. I don't understand. In <laughs> France, I mean, you know, uh, no. this is we invented Maurice Chevalier and uh, uh, mimes and uh, uh, butter. Surrender. Uh, oh. Well, well, I mean, you they British it. bourgeois ah. pig. How dare you? Duh. How dare you? Hello, hello. <laughs> so, okay, so then, yeah, so, so he stalks her to the basically graveyard. She gives him, uh, he gives her his number. She invites him to the recording studio. He sees the manifestation of himself as a kid. Yes. And then from that point on, we see a bunch of, bunch of flashbacks. Yeah. And then it shows... He's running on the beach with his mother. Running on the beach with his mother. Right, right, right. In, in these, like, montage scenes. And he's happy. Or a friendly older lady. Oh, right. But then the woman from the bookstore mm. doesn't call him. No, no, no. For a few days. 
and he's getting really distraught. Oh, he's getting angry, yeah. And a cleaning lady like comes in, and um, the phone rings. He goes to pick it up, and she says something, and he picks it up, and somebody hangs up, and he's like gets upset at her and pushes her right out the door and like throws a bag at throws her bag at her <laughs> and and she leaves and now he's just fucking pissy. He's just walking around pissy like yeah. you know, it's like, oh yo, I can't believe we lost the game. You fucking cunt. And he's just kinda that's the British version of what yes. he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then like he goes to work and then a manager comes along and tells him that he needs to like wear this like hat. It was like arrow plus was the name of the company. Yeah. And he, the manager puts the hat on his head and he's like visibly losing it. And you're kind of waiting for him to kind of snap. Mm-hmm. And then he's walking home and he's walking home in the middle of the street. Wearing like, his little hat. Wearing his little hat. Yeah. In the middle of the street, literally. Yeah. Car comes up behind him, honks the horn. And he basically ignores Peugeot. the guy. It's a Peugeot. Uh, a Peugeot. Yeah, right. And he, he, um, he ignores it. And keeps walking, and the guy goes to go around him, and he walks. The guy was going to drive around him onto oncoming traffic, but he decides to walk into that lane now, too. Yeah. And the guy comes back into his original lane and keeps honking the horn. And finally, our prote- Adrian stops in the middle of the street and just stops. Yeah. And the guy stops behind him and starts honking the horn. And he, like, sticks his hand out the window and basically was like, hey, asshole, get out the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And Adrian drops his bag, goes over, punches the dude in the face, opens up yeah. the car, starts beating the snot out of him, and then pushes him over and, like, bends him over, actually, kind of. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, is he going to pork him now in the middle of the street? I don't <laughs> in know. In his car. In his car, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, the stick shift's going to get off his <laughs> ass. I don't know what's going on. And then he, like, goes back, grabs his bag, gets in the car, and he drives off with the dude in it. Yeah. And then they show him in his garage, which has an old Citroën, mm-hmm. with, which we later see has, like, a couple of bullet holes in the trunk. Yeah. And he pulls the guy somewhere along the way on the ride between getting in the car on the highway and bringing him back home. He threw the guy in the, basically, boot of the Peugeot, in the yeah. trunk of the Peugeot. Yeah. So he opens up the back. He pulls the guy out. And then, and the guy's like groggy, like, huh, what, you, who? And the dude punches him twice in the head, drags him out, drops him on the garage floor, then takes a giant freaking adjustable wrench. Oh, yeah. And just starts whacking him. And like, first it looked like he hit him on the knee. Yeah. And then he like cracks him like in the middle, like the lumbar, the lower spine, like, oh my God. Yeah. And then he goes, and the guy's yowling in pain, as he should, because he just got... Cracked twice with a giant freaking wrench. I mean, he wasn't that French. If he was super French, he would just be like, uh, uh, Do your worst. You've got. Do your worst. No, you. that is, didn't even feel you it. Filthy. Try again, you filthy, stupid little. Filthy airplane mechanic. Uh, you are nothing. You are not a real Adjustable man. wrench. Is your arm an adjustable arm? You have it adjusted to little bitch girl at the minute. <laughs> Adjust it to man, you fucking little girl. Oh, wait. Give me a cigarette while you play with my back. Oh, my back. I wasn't even using it that much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and then they, he goes up to the guy and grabs his head and swings back the uh, uh, wrench like he's going to just, like, break his head in two. Yeah. And the phone rings. <gasps> the phone rings. And Adrienne quickly 
goes and picks up the phone, and who is it? It's our concert lady. And again, he gets that sublime look over his face. And he's all happy now. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's talking to his... And they keep cutting scenes to his father. And it's like, he, I guess he gave his father a bath. And he's talking to him. And his father, of course, is like like a vegetable. He's, he's, there's no registration. There's nothing. Mm. So you, he, they're in the ba- in in the bathroom. He obviously watched his father. He's like eating his, I don't know, was it caviar or yogurt or whatever yeah, it, it was. Caviar out of a can. Out of a, yeah, <laughs> caviar out of a peel back top. Yeah. Uh. Um, and obviously he's, I guess, telling his dad all these things. Um, when he first saw the the image, which we realized was himself in the studio, he was like in the bed. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he was in the bed um, talking to uh, um, the ceiling. And like there was all these pictures of himself as a boy, like pinned to the ceiling. The same picture. The same picture, like like a school picture, like a class picture, like of an individual kid, and like literally a hundred copies, like pinned to the ceiling, and he's talking to them. Which, right, so you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely not operating with a full shelf. This is a man that never ejaculates. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. In life. No. Like, no. That's, why, like I said, that's why he's rubbing the, the, yeah. the plane so vigorously. I mean, Mm-mm. that was the cleanest plane I've ever seen. I mean, that thing was just like, the paint was almost peeling how much he was rubbing that freaking plane. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, um, oh yeah, so he got news from the woman, and I guess she invites him to come out with her. Mm-hmm. And they go to like the church, and somebody's playing piano. Some other guy playing piano, and it's in some big church. And he's like completely enamored. But then, uh, um, you realize, and yeah, you said it. It's like, oh, his mother must have played piano, because mm-hmm. then, like, it's the flashback is him with his mother playing, and it's like you hear like the eight, the little uh, uh, eight millimeter or was it seven millimeter, the old like a uh, uh, video tape. Yeah. Running the sound like the old cinema, t- uh, cinema sound, the kind of running in the background in his head, and at one point the piano p- playing stops, and you, all you hear is that, and he's remembering his mother and his childhood, and all of a sudden the cinema sound stops, and he comes back, and the dude's done with the piano. Where I felt like when the music disappeared, he was gonna just go ape shit and start just like bashing <laughs> everybody in the church. <laughs> That's what kind of I, what I was expecting. Yeah. And um, after that, he meets her in the bookstore and gives her back a book. And she's like, oh, thank you. And and then he, they're on the bank of the sign, I think. Yeah. Or they're, they're chatting like. along the water somewhere. Very pretty cinematography. Very nice. They're chatting amicably. And obviously, they're getting closer. And then at one point, she leans over and she starts kissing him. Mm. And they end up, I don't know if it was her, probably her place, yeah. Meanwhile, in between all these scenes, he goes down, and in one of the scenes, he goes down and talks to the prisoner, and he's obviously telling him about, like, his woman trouble, and the prisoner is completely, like, nonplussed about this, like, yeah. oh, this is another man sharing it's his like secrets. like the catacombs, he's like... Yeah, 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 he's got some catacombs for a basement. Yeah. And he brings him, like, a bowl of, like, nasty, like, Chef Boyardee ravioli in a can, kind of. Well, that was later. Those two separate things. Because okay. he meets him downstairs and he has the chat 
And then the whole thing, and then later he brings the Chef Boyardee. Because right. the only thing happens, he brings it, and then he just like chucks it like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the, the guy who's basically kept prisoner now. Yeah. Well, I, I only say he had the Chef Boyardee because he had an empty like plate there. That was like reddish, so I'm assuming oh, okay. he just cooked the same crap for him. Oh, okay, yeah. But um, the guy, and he's confessing, and then the guy's like, uh, "We, you are a man, and she's a woman, and there are certain things you must do, and yeah, you have to light a cigarette like... a certain way and hold it uh, not too masculine. You yeah, have to look yeah. a little bit like a lady, but uh, you have to be the man, and you have to." Uh, the guy was very French, even more French than Adrian. He, he, he was so French that he's kept prisoner. In like catacombs, yes, and he's chained up and everything, yes, and all this terrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to him in his life, yes. But he's so French that when the guy brings up a woman and love, yes. <laughs> suddenly it's like, oh, uh, wait, I know exactly how you oh, feel. You're talking about love. I know uh, exactly. There the was this age-old problem. Uh, we are men. They are women. <laughs> we cannot be together yet. We cannot be apart. Uh, uh, these are things that happen. Right, he's yeah. completely nonplussed. Yeah, you talk to a Frenchman about love, doesn't matter what's happening. <laughs> right, right, right. That's like if you want to stop a Frenchman in his tracks, bring up a no. long lost love or like a confused love. <laughs> Unrequited love is the best. <laughs> Unrequited and love. And you just, oh, oh let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. It's literally like, why isn't this guy like spitting and cursing and swinging and like, you cocksucker, you have me locked up in your <laughs> yeah. fucking basement. But he's like, oh, well, well I understand your problem very well. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I... It, so anyway, yeah, so he's got the prisoner, he's talking to his old man, he's talking to the prisoner, and finally he hooks up with our lady from the library, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're in bed, and they're ch- in a little chit-chat, whatever, afterwards, obviously in post-coital aura about them, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she, she leans backwards and gives him a kiss, and he seems kind of happy. And he goes, and now he's like, it's almost like he has a renewed energy. Because now after this, they show him, and he's got more of a pep to his step. And he's back in his garage, and he's trying to fix that old Citroën, right? Mm -hmm. Because the hood is up, and he's definitely working on it. And he's making ravioli for the prisoner. (laughs) And he comes down with this pot of ravioli that, quite frankly, looked like it burnt a little bit. Yes. Which I'm just like... What Frenchman would actually bring you burnt food? He would throw it all in the garbage and do it again because what the fuck? Burnt Italian food at that. Yeah, but <laughs> burnt <laughs> Italian food at that. That's right. the, that is the, the worst insult. It's a Frenchman can make you burnt Italian food. The only thing he could have done worse was if he brought a hamburger with no bun. Oh, <laughs> oh why do you bring me this American piece of poop? <laughs> is that not how you eat your American food? <laughs> so... So hamburger. So he goes downstairs. He hands he bring he puts the pot over to the guy, and they don't show the guy now, mm. who was sitting up just fine after in the bed earlier when the, during the interview, even yeah. though he got like cracked in the back with a freaking monkey wrench, which yeah. his lumbar vertebra should have been like shattered. Oh, oh yeah. Because it was just it was just cringeworthy. It was like we were mm. both like oh <laughs> like turning away. Yeah. And so he hands him the pot of ravioli, which, if I remember, was there a spoon even? Is it? There was a spoon. There was a spoon. Okay, All just right. like a big wooden cooking spoon. Like, okay, well, know. at least some. Because I was like, 
that's very unfrench if he gave him something to eat without a utensil because you know oh, yeah. that's that shows you the psychoticness of this character basically because mm-hmm. he didn't even give him a napkin what the fuck I mean this is it's designed to make the French audience go <gasps> yeah right <laughs> savage right 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 uh, we savage so he gives it to the guy this time they're going to show the prisoner they show the point of view is from somewhere further in the catacombs and you see the pot on the cot of the prisoner, right? And he's about to walk up the stairs back to, I guess, the streets of Paris or wherever this <laughs> is, in like out of his basement. And um, you see the prisoner's hand come and grab the pot, and he throws it ah. like in like how dare you, and throws it on the floor. What take your chef Boyardee. There's no Boyardee school I've ever heard of. Silly American pasta with ketchup. And he throws it on the floor, like, just disdainful. And even the way he threw it, like, his hand was just like, get away from me. Petulant French. Yes, yeah, very, very petulant. Yes, yes, yes. And then Adrienne stops and turns and has this just look, frozen look on his face. Like, how dare you throw food in my house? I just cook for you. And he was just like, just this frozen look. Mm. And that's that's pretty much where we ended, isn't it? That yeah. Was 20 minutes was up. That was it. And we thought, we thought he was going to like explode and just like bash the dude's skull in with a pan. Mm. So... I mean, What's a prisoner doing? And this prisoner's an idiot. I don't understand. I mean, he should have crawled out when he had the chance. When the phone rang initially after he mm. got whacked. Yeah, he got whacked. It was hard, whatever. But he only got whacked twice. Once yes. a knee, once a lower back. Yes. Yeah, it really hurt. Yeah. You can crawl out. Crawl out. Your arms are fine. Absolutely. Just crawl out. Crawl out out of the garage. The dark garage door was like open. It wasn't even like locked. <laughs> you could see the outside. Like, yes, yes. He there's just... no reason he shouldn't have oh, done that. Should have crawled One, out. There's that. Two. Where are the cops? And how come nobody's looking for this guy? I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess this happens a lot in Paris. People just disappear off the street, like coming home from work at night. I, yeah. I don't, well, I guess what it, you know, maybe someone disappears and then they say, uh, but perhaps it was for true love. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. In France, there's an extra day on the missing persons thing where you have to wait before you report them. It's a matter of true love. That's right. That's right. We can't report them for 72 hours. Don't you mean 48? Uh, no, oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. Yeah. We always consider the matters of the art. Uh, it could be true love. It could be true love, in which case, uh, at least another 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah. S'il vous plaît, I am uh, sorry, pardon. You could be having a particularly long cigarette. Uh, oui, uh, <laughs> perhaps he just drove down to the coast to Nice uh, to see, uh, you know, Marseille perhaps. Uh, just go on a little fishing expedition. Maybe he met uh, Jacques Cousteau. Uh, go with Jacques Cousteau, look at the sea turtle because Jacques always knew. The sea turtle was sad. Look at the sea turtle's eyes. You can tell by the turtle's eyes. It is very sad. Jacques, uh, mm-hmm. he would go on these trips on the Calypso. And it was all very energetic in the beginning. And then Jacques would have this little blog. And he would go, day 48 on the Calypso. And the sailors on the Calypso are looking much, much cuter. Oh, uh, yes. Because 
We have been without female companionship, uh, but we have lots and lots of wine. Uh, uh, yes, and course, uh, one, course. two, three, voila, these things happen. Yeah, uh, yes, of course. All in the course of science. Ah, yes. Well, yeah, in fact, right, I think that's probably, you know, all those are great. That's a, of course. I mean, so I, this guy's not, then no one's looking for this guy. No, right, no one's looking for him. No one's looking for him, and, you know. And uh, here's the. Where's the father? Is he in his house, you think, or is he in another place? I think he's in another place. He's in another. He's in his I own think apartment. He's in his own house or apartment, mm. I think. And he's because in Europe, it's not very. It's not as as what it is here. Assisted living and nursing homes, whatever. It's a very American thing. Yeah. For the rest of the world, you know, it's traditionally, especially on the continent, but even in England, it's more of a case that people would. People stay in their own homes. And people yes. come to care for them there. Yes. Or they move in with relatives. Yes. You know, and that's the way yes. it usually works. Yes. So I think he's in his old home. Yes. Like I mean, I mean well, I know from my grandmother, she basically stayed with various aunts and uncles until she was so old and so needed so much care that mm. it was just like, it was like, okay, we, you know, unfortunately she, she died like maybe a month after they put her in the home. Yeah. Kind of stuff. You know, she was 96. It's yeah. not like this was happening. She was 70 or you know. Yeah. So she was really old, really, you know, 10 kids, three wars, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah she she lived her life, you yeah. know. But um yeah. Yes, I guess yeah, I guess he was his father was in 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 his own place. He seems he seemed to be because you would think if if nothing else, the screams from the catacombs would have snapped them out of the coma yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I, so, I think so. So, so here's the thing, and again, another interesting point. And like you said, very jarring how we would go from one scene to another, which like with the kid, the introduction of the kid is like, oh, that's his memory. Mm. The way they describe it is. Not just like the whole uh, true love, but how true love is so blind. Uh-huh. Because there's not a single alarm bell going off in this woman's head about this dude. No. Not a one. Mm-mm. Not a one. First of all, which would have been the number one obvious one to me, how does an airplane mechanic who, and quite fr- and, and to be fair, you never saw him fixing engines. You just saw him polishing the plane. So yeah. I don't even know if he worked as an air, air airplane mechanic or if he was just, you know, the plane rubber. <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't fix the Citroen. So I don't know if he's even that good. He's, right. he's not genius. So, I, so I, I think he was actually, he was the airplane wash. You know, like the car wash, but he was the mm. airplane wash guy. He was just on ladders and just rubbing, you know, dirt out of the fuselage of the plane. Yeah. So, first alarm bell is, okay, one... How did this guy know to buy me this thing? Oh, he was obviously following me because I didn't tell him that I was looking at this necklace. First alarm bell. Yeah. Second alarm bell. How did this guy, whose job is rubbing planes down after a wash, can afford this diamond, silver, whatever it was, platinum, white gold mm-hmm. necklace? Yeah. Okay, because like I said, that necklace, even if it was Kubrick's zirconia, you're you're dropping at least a thousand euro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, considering thing. how much that dude smoked, he didn't have a thousand euro in, to, to spend. No. Because I mean, cigarettes are expensive. Yeah. Right. Even in Europe, cigarettes are expensive. Yes. And you know, at his rate, because I mean, we watched it twenty minutes. 
he had at least like six cigarettes in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. He was very... There was lots of... <laughs> he, was like, he was smoking pretty much in every scene. Yeah. Right? So, that's alarm bell number two. Alarm bell number three. That's the funeral. Like, the funeral. Sort of, right. Yeah. Why are you stalking me at the funeral? Maybe that was... Maybe that was the funeral of the old creepy man from the bookstore. <gasps> Oh, I mean, we've nothing. We won't. We have no other reference to creepy old guy. Yes, maybe he died, which will make sense. Oh, and he had a new. Yeah, look at you go, dude. Mm, Edward is my language. It is French. It is close to home. I feel it. L'amour. Very good. Look. Très bien. Très bien. Monsieur. Monsieur Quigley. Très bien. Très bien. And I noticed that because the next time we see in the bookstore and he's there, the creepy old man's not there. He's not there anymore. Like it was the one time the intro. That was it. Yes. So you're right. That that funeral was probably creepy old guy's Mm. funeral. You're right. Yeah. Which makes sense. So he was probably, he has some right to be there. It wasn't just... Creeping out. Okay, Unless so he probably bloody killed him. We find out later in order to, <laughs> <laughs> which might very well be, which might very well be the case later on. But <clears throat> yeah, okay, okay. So that's not the third alarm bell. So we have two alarm bells. One, he's obviously stalking her. I mean, it's just, it's not even a coincidence. Even if you were that lame brain, you would have to be like. Even in jest, say like, "Oh, stalking me much?" It's in French. It's not stalking. It's oh. courting. Ah. He's courting her oh. from well, afar. You know it what? It is true love. You know what? And in retrospect, watching all those Pepe Le Pew cartoons, that's what Pepe was. I mean, it's a lot of stalking. He was stalking. It was totally yeah. Stalking. When it's two French cartoons <laughs> following each other around corners, it's true love. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, so there's at least two alarm bells there. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know how. Well, I mean, she's sheltered. She works in a bookstore. She works in a bookstore. She's book musical. Like, she's right. pointed to that she doesn't have a big back history with men, I don't think. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, pretty... so what you're saying is she's an artist, mm. so she's very much open minded. She's, she's a free spirit. She's shy. She's yeah, shy. free spirit, shy. But she will accept tons of, like, a ridiculously wealthy gift. From a guy that she met in passing once. I reckon, and I don't know this, I reckon that the bookstore guy doesn't know him anyway. He probably thinks he's an airplane mechanic. Like he makes airplanes. Like he's a scientist or something. Because he probably Uh, told him. An engineer maybe. He actually just cleans them. But he's probably told him that, so he thinks he's ah, he works very really good. Ah. He looks after his young so, protege. Yeah. So everyone just thinks you he's, should he uh, look at him. He's tall. He's handsome. Big nose. Uh, yeah. He's uh, a plant mechanic, but actually, he just cleans them. He stuff. just cleans them, right? But yeah, but I mean, so even if it's only two alarm bells, they're pretty severe alarm bells that should be going off. Yeah. But like I said, I guess that's the whole thing. It's French, mm. so. They're not showing just that it's true love, but it is so blind, it's idiotic. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, seriously, it's... Yeah. That's one of those things, like, what? what, what? No. Why would... Wh- yeah, this, put this into, like, put this into context. I, I went, uh, where I used to live, there was a Starbucks not too far from there. Uh-huh. I used to go there every now and again. I went there one day, 
and uh, maybe the second or third time I'd been there, yeah. gotten whatever coffee I, I usually get. I don't remember this visit, but I'm, I, I obviously went there. Okay. I mean, I don't remember the um, interactions I may have had in this visit. I just remember that I got coffee. Right. I then went back maybe two weeks later. It wasn't like a week later. Right. It was longer than a week. Okay. I went there and there was a barista there okay. and he remembered my name uh-huh. and my drink. And I never went back to that Starbucks <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Maybe he was French. Oh, he was not French. <laughs> and I, that's my point. A barista at Starbucks remembers my name and my drink like in a weird length of time. <laughs> and I'm never going back there listen, again. Listen, listen. <laughs> Just because you're uptight in English and you don't know how to handle someone's uh, uh, amorous advances doesn't mean there's anything wrong with him. Okay? That's all. So I'm not getting caught up in this <laughs> this psycho situation because I am no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit like, oh, hi. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, there was um, there was one time. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a a certain coworker that kind of like approached me and was like, "Hi," <laughs> you know, kind of like like all up in my face, like uncomfortably so, and I was just kind of like. Hi, you know, it's like I, I kind of didn't. My instinct was to like stiff arm her, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> like, what? But then, like, I kind of did the whole passive aggressive, you know, like, and and like when she came to my office and kind of made sure like a picture of me and Annie was very prominent somewhere, you know, just kind of like uh-huh. don't come barking up this tree kind of stuff. And yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, although I bet he was cute. You will never be a real Frenchman, will you? Oh, no, no, never. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I was not there. I am a... No, no, no. I'm uh, very no. un-French. I'm a not... No, no, no. No, no, no. <sighs> yeah, so... I, I guess... I, I mean, we have to call it. What's going on here? Uh, I mean, I, I think the story's fairly well laid out. Yeah, I... I uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we yeah. can interpret the story fairly well from these 20 minutes of the movie. It's just like Psycho, isn't it? It's sort of... It's, just... it is, it's totally Norman Bates. Yeah. Because he's obsessing over a dead mother. Yeah. He's got like a... Fa- father's pretty much a, a vegetable. Mm-hmm. You might as well put a dress on him and a wig and just kind of stick him in a chair, right? I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Um, there's a young woman that he actually got in bed. And the oddball out is the poor guy in the basement. He was just driving fucking home, and he ended up oh, in this yeah. dude's basement. It was like, what the fuck? That's the only person I feel bad for, really. I don't even feel that bad for him, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell, this guy's bit Just fucking... Just drive around him. I don't care. He keeps moving from side to side. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, yeah, roll just over him. Yeah, yeah. Fast, yeah. fast enough You're and right. slow enough. You won't kill him. Yes, but he'll he just roll him over. He'll just roll him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, don't wind your window. Don't keep your window up so we can't do the shit. You close the window. If someone's behaving like that and yeah. they're doing that sort of stuff, I'm locking the car yeah. and I'm just driving. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 
I'm not doing this business. And, and you know, and here's the other part of it. Because you don't want to mess with people with cars. Because here's, here's, here's the other. It, it's it's odd, and I guess everybody's different, and you can't blame people for doing what they do, right? Because you are who you are, and, and you don't want to judge because these things happen. So he's there with the window rolled down, and he gets punched. Okay. Yeah. So the first punch happens. He punches the dude twice, and he falls over, and he's clutching his face. Yeah. If that happened to me, and somebody punched me twice. The first thing I'm doing is full throttle stepping on this gas. <laughs> yes. You know, and I don't care if there's a dude's bag in front of me, if there's, you know, well, I mean, that's not what that's we're going to have. That's the that's downside not of having a manual transmission. It's a little bit more awkward. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. But, I mean, this is the breakdown. Yeah. My first reaction would be, what the, f and I'd open up the car door and start swinging, okay? <laughs> if I thought the guy was in normal, because this dude yeah. was like skinny. Yeah. He, he, was, he, he was like... Maybe 150 There's pounds. There's no reason he should have knocked him out. No. Like, a sucker punch, I guess, but like... Well, you know what? Maybe he was fast. Maybe he was an amateur boxer when he was young. Yeah. Because, like, that throws a lot of guys off. Because uh, uh, I've seen little skinny guys knock guys that are three times their size out simply because of the speed of the punch. And the yeah. other dude just never expects it. Yeah. And it comes and, it, you know, you get you hit the button, that's that. You're yeah. done. So, okay, I... Let's suspend all that disbelief, but that you really yeah. got to be a trained professional to get that button or incredibly lucky. What? Yeah. So, first of all, I'd open up the car and be like, who the fuck are you? And just start swinging. One. And if that wasn't my reaction, my second reaction, like I said, would have been lock the door, roll up the window, step on the gas, <laughs> run over his bag, whether there's children in there, puppies, whatever, <laughs> yeah. and get the F out of there because it was getting late at night and it was like a dark road. So there's that. And it's like. But, but you know what he didn't? Because what he was thinking at the time is what if this is for true love? <laughs> That's what he was thinking. That's all. He'd be beeping. The, curse. the second he turned, instead of thinking the door things, he was thinking. By the way, it's, it's within the French law. It's, has it's to, the curse of the Frenchman. Before you do it, before is you it attack, true love? before you have to think, is it you know what? true love? And they all have, they all have Peter Cook from <laughs> Princess Bride in their head going, yeah. love, true love brings us together. Yeah, that's that's what was that's what I think. That's what I, I think thinking. you're right. I think he kind of fell for the old, but what if he's in love? What I can is understand. Love? I can understand this young man is yeah. in love. Let's talk about it. Oh, I know your your anger is misplaced with the ranch and my spine, but let's talk about it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so. No, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Again, <laughs> Princess Bride. Again, yeah. What have you got to live for? <laughs> love? Love? He said love? He said true blame. <laughs> true blame. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that's so, maybe the most important. I mean, uh, yeah, obvious. The second he turned, the way it happened. I mean, he wasn't too close to the car. He was far enough in advance that he didn't run. He slowly turned towards the car and walked towards the car to a point where you knew he was going to come towards the window. Yeah. The first thing I'd have done in that situation is fucking Take just off. reverse, to reverse or forwards or at least not have my window open. Yes. I would not. No. 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 Yes. And not only that, like if he stepped on the other side. I would have just driven by him. And like you said, I would have knocked his ass over with my side view mirror and like, later for you, you schmuck. You're walking in the middle of the street anyway. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, completely. So, you, yeah, so all you're this right. business so, of like, oh, he goes this way, I go that way. You're in a car. Yeah, right. You're in a car. You you're don't look faster than he You're can. in a giant weapon, is like, what you basically... Make him run to get in front of your car yes, and kill yes. himself. Yes, yes. It's a giant weapon, is what yes. it is. Yeah, I I think you're right. Screw the guy in the freaking dungeon. He deserves what he's getting. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Idiot. Yes. <laughs> and you can talk about true love. Eat your fucking ravioli and shut up. <laughs> yeah. <Freaking> idiot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what's going on here in this movie? Cruel. It's French. Mm-hmm. To say that it's about a sex thing is redundant. Yeah. Because the way he was rubbing that plane, oh, like yeah. I said, after he met the girl, it was just like, oh my God. This guy's frustration level is like through the roof. Yeah, it's all, it's all just, yeah, he's, it's a whole, yeah. It was basically, yeah. Everything was one big masturbation, this like 20 minutes of this film. Yeah, it was. Even, Until he got laid. he slept with her, and you're like, is he chilled out a bit then? When he got, yeah, when he got laid, he kind of yeah, eased still, up. Still like a prisoner, he didn't let him go or anything. He, no, he didn't let him go, but... My guess that's, is that's why I wouldn't be very good at having a prisoner. Is you know there would come a point if I hit a prisoner downstairs in the catacombs, they would definitely come to a point where I just, I just stop feeding him. <laughs> I just stop going down there. You know what? I get bored. I just get bored. Emily's I, like, "Did you feed him anything?" I'm not giving uh, him my crisps. They don't uh, want my fucking crisps. I'm bored now. These are potatoes no, from Fairway. I told you, if you were going to keep a prisoner, you had to look after him. <laughs> I'm no, not going to feed him. I'm not going to feed him. I'm going to get ringworm. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm bored. No, I don't want to anymore. Well, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if a young man with glasses approaches <laughs> you on the street and tries to take your prisoner, just bring a snack. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Oh, you're bored very quickly. Like, no, especially if you're rude. <laughs> but what if he wants to talk about true love? I'm going down there again. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not going. <laughs> okay, so... He was rude last time. So my guess is... I'm guessing because we watched the middle 20 minutes. So that, like, that was started at like minute 46 of the movie. We missed probably two or three corpses along the way. Yes. Because this was literally the middle of the movie. Yeah. And so the way the story structure is always done, right? You have your beginning, you have your... I um, if he stalked the woman before. Because when it seemed like he met her for the first time, maybe he'd been stalking her for a while. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Because there was... A, a, you know what? You're probably, probably right. probably been in the bookshop a few times with the old man and stuff. You've probably been in there. And you, I was going to say, he probably like sh- smooth-talked the old man. Yeah. And then the old man took pity on him with his creepy stuff. He was like, oh, look at this. Uh, if it's true love, he is as creepy as I am. Let me find him a girl to be creepy with. <laughs> yes. And so, I'm, like I said, I'm guessing we're missing a corpse or two yeah. in the story earlier on. I'm and also I, thinking he's had a prisoner down there earlier on. Probably. I don't think that's the first yeah, prison we saw. No, 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 because he was very, again, he was very nonchalant about it. Yeah. He wasn't free. I mean, the fact that he just changed him up and was like feeding him, it was just like, you've done this before. Yeah. Because who does that without like just be falling apart, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think we missed a couple of corpses already. And I'm guessing by the end of the film, there's going to be like three or four more corpses. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in an angry. Rage, he was gonna like drown his old man or something, or like dunk his head in the toilet and hold it there until he expired. Yeah, um, he was probably gonna kill her and then like have sex with her corpse for a few weeks. 
And then the cops would finally find him because, like, the whole place was stinking, like ravioli and dead bodies. But what is that a third smell? I smell. What is that? I smell third tomatoes. Smell. I, smell I smell garlic. There's a third smell. I smell this rotten body. There's, there's, what is that third smell? I think it is true love. Is it? Is it true I love? I think it is true love. It is. Sergeant? Yes. Turn about. Yes. We are living. <laughs> we are living. And they, find, and they find the woman in his mother's bathing suit. That's what I'm guessing happens at the end. Uh, yeah, maybe. And then, and I can't help but think that his boss that put the hat on his head somewhere bites the dust too. Mm. He like in a rage, he like sticks him in an airplane engine or something. Yeah, yeah, he has to have something. <laughs> something, or like turns on a jet turbine of a huge engine and pushes pushes the boss in. Ooh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh. Yeah. Like a uh, 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 um. Who, uh, what was the, uh, uh, what was the, in, in The Incredibles, was it Power Girl with the cape? Where she said, no capes, because uh, <laughs> she got like sucked into an airplane yeah. engine. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's what I'm guessing happens. You? Yeah, um, I think myself, I think there's going to be, uh, he's going to come to head and he's going to have to choose between true love and, you know. Murder. Murder. Uh, it's going to come to a point where he's going to have to choose between them, you know. Uh-huh. Um, maybe after he's been caught murdering and then they say to him and they lock him up and they're like, you know, the, maybe the judge says to him after he's like, you know, you have been we will let you go because... people, but it is important before, is it true, true love? love? And if it is, then of course, uh, hey, you're that's getting the French constitution. Away. Yeah. Well, of course, yes. Uh, yeah. Cannot... You cannot send them into jail for true love. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's what happens. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's what happens there. Yeah. All right. So let's grade our... Um, I, I'm sure somebody can look up the movie and... Uh, well, well, they won't give us the whole thing. They'll just kind of give us a, a synopsis, will they? On, online for it. Well, maybe they will. Uh, anyway... Let's grade, so we basically think there's more murder and perhaps mm. the judge smiles upon him with true love and he gets to go home and yep. live out his life with her mm-hmm. until, he cleans the, until he kills the cleaning lady, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. So, Cajun fried pork loin, mashed potatoes, and spicy southern greens. How was that from Fink's Barbecue? That, I what, what, what do you give that one? I'll one to that five. Up. That's interesting. I give it... I'm gonna give it a, a three point seven, and that's because I would I want to give it like a four point something, four okay, point three or four, just because I enjoyed the mashed potatoes and the, and the greens were really good. The greens were really good, uh-huh. but the pork I should be like the fact that the main thing was the pork and that like you know that that was the least good thing. Yes. brings it to like a three point seven for me. I that's I think that's fair. I think in order to be fair, like we should like maybe eat at these places because there's a whole travel. There is. That, that is true. In. I guess it's not as you know. It's not hot. It's not piping hot. So I guess mm-hmm. that comes in. So it. that kind of throws throw, throws a monkey wrench in. Okay, I'm going to upgrade to a four. Considering. No, no, no. You don't have to. But I mean, like, as long as we acknowledge it that it's traveling and we're not like rewarming it up or whatever. It's... I think if if I'd had it fresh in the restaurant, you know, and it'd been fresh and the pork was hot and you know the sauce, I'd probably I'd say a four. A four. 
That it, well, you know what? Both of those, I three point seven four. I agree yeah. with both because you're right. Mm. I think uh, the fact that it's uh, Cajun fried pork loin because the pork loin itself. I mean, the breading was nice, and, and it it's wasn't too tough. It's, it's interesting it's Cajun, because the, the greens definitely tasted Cajun to me. But the pork didn't strike me. Nothing Cajun No, there it. wasn't... Right, the flavoring of the pork was... The pork was very plain, It was, in the battering. Yeah, there was no seasoning with that. No, I mean, there was they no just put seasoning in the batter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the roulade was on it, so yeah. You know what? 3.7 uh, uh, and a conditional 4.0 if we ate there. I, I, I'm... I, I, I totally agree with that. And then um, River Horse Summer Blonde. What do you say? I, I was a fan of that. I enjoyed that. I'd uh -huh. say that's a 4.2 for me. I enjoyed it because I liked it. Um, I don't want to give it higher than that because, you know, I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm like a whore for these things. I just give everything great mark. <laughs> but it, I... Actually, no, I'd just say it's 4. I'd say it's 4 like the other one. I'd say it's a 4 because I enjoyed it and it was good for what it was. It would... Um, I liked it, you know, it's not the most, I didn't drink it immediately go, ooh, right. you know, which we have done, but yes. I, did, I did really like it, and I think for what it was doing, I think it did a better job of what, than the Brooklyn Summer Ale yes. did. Yes, and yes, yes. And they're the bigger brewery, the fact that the smaller brewery has done a better job of it, yes. in my opinion, I yes. think is commended. Yes, yes, yes. I, I would definitely grade this one higher than, than the Brooklyn Summer Ale. Mm. And I mean, you guys are probably going to see a pattern here, because we're trying to go with like summery seasonal beers basically as we go on to, to kind of yeah. make it fair you know ciders beers that kind of stuff in the hot weather but i would give yeah i would give the summer blonde a four four point one right there like like i said right there with you i thought it was better than the the the, the brooklyn summer uh mm -hmm. ale um it was it was full it was rich it was nice it was Again, it was one of these, like, if I was at a barbecue, I'd be... I said the same with the Brooklyn Ale. If I was at a barbecue and that's all they had, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be marginally happier with this one than with the Brooklyn Ale. Yes. Yeah, so, so I mean, marginally. I, I'd be happier, I should say, not marginally. I would be happier with this than with the Brooklyn Ale. And, and in it fact, makes me feel nice that it's a local thing, you know, it's a small... Well, well, I mean, well, that's kind of the point of the show, right? It was like yeah. we try to, like, find the local stuff. But if... if Obviously, because of the way we're saying and grading it, if the two beers were at a barbecue and I had to, I'd keep going back for the summer blonde. Yeah. So like a four, like a four point one is is what I'd give this beer. Hmm. So that's uh, summer River Horse Summer Blonde, and we said they have it listed as Ewing, New Jersey, but they do have a brewery also in Lambertville, and you can go like on a tour and get like a tasting sampler. At least do that. When I love I, Lambertville. I'm going to be back there in, or well, New Hope at least, in uh, September time. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, like I said, it's in Lambertville. It's, it's kind of tucked along the river the building is. It's, mm. it's not very far off from that. And, like, I, when I went, there was, like, a four-drink sampler. Mm. And one of the drinks, one of the samplers was the triple horse. Mm. You know? And it was... Um, I think back, this was a few years back now, it was like $3 or $4 for the sampler, and you got like four small ones, and I had three, and I was just about smashed, because, you know, yeah. one of them was a triple horse, so I basically had, you know, uh, and of course, it was done in like 15 minutes, yeah. so I kind of had like six beers in 15 minutes, so it was, uh, 
it was a good time to say the <laughs> least. So, all right. So River Horse Summer Blonde, we have a 4.0 for Sean and 4.1 for me. Um, Cajun fried pork loin, mashed potatoes, and spicy southern greens from Fink's Barbecue. Uh, 3.7 with a 4.0 conditional if we ate there. That we both agree. And um, if you want to find K- uh, Fink's Barbecue, it is at 26 West Madison Avenue in Dumont, New Jersey. It used to be a pub. So when you walk in, you're going to be like, well, this looks like a pub. And somebody bought it out and basically made a barbecue place. And it's, uh, I mean... Yeah, you heard the grade. I, actually re- I think I'd like to go there in person because it, I, I like. I, I feel at home in the atmospheres of pubs. Sure. And it, was, it, it smelled great. It smelled like a barbecue joint, but it looked and felt like a pub. And the idea of getting to go somewhere and drink and just be able to, you know, watch a game or whatever's on the television and drink and then have like actual, you know, better Real. than you'd expect pub foods. Yeah, yeah, barbecue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good gimmick for me. I'd be a good place to go with a group of people. Yes, absolutely. Like... Mm. Like after a show or something like that. Yeah, no, it would be. Absolutely. It'd be great because you could eat and then you could go to the bar, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they had a full bar. I mean, it's, it wasn't like it was a small bar in a quarter. No, it, it was all, like a big proper like pub bar. Style, everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's episode 12, people. Ooh, what? dozen. So, thanks for listening. That was Cruel the, on Netflix. You can see that. If you want to experience French cinema, I would say it falls right down the right down that French cinema path. Yes, it was. It was very uh, very French. Very French. Very French. That doesn't make it bad. Let's let's like uh, no. let's qualify that. No, Just actually, it's this French. is one of the few things. This is one of the only one of the couple of things that we've watched that I would actively feel like I want to go back and I'd and see the whole thing. Yes, I'm curious because actually I think it's a good film. I think so too. I think so I too. I like these sorts of films. I like it, but it, it, it was just hilarious because it was like we got in the middle of it and it just like was so creepy the whole thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there we go. Episode 12, Cruel on Netflix, Fink's Barbecue in Dumont, and River Horse Summer Blonde. So we're signing off, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. See ya.